Our high school guidance counselor used to ask us what you would do if you had a million dollars. Didn't have to work. And then invariably, whatever you'd say, that was supposed to be your career. So if you wanted to fix old cars, then you're supposed to be an auto mechanic. So what did you say? I never had an answer. I guess that's why I'm working at Initech. No, you're working at Initech because that question is bull to begin with. If everyone listened to her, there'd be no janitors because no one would clean up if they had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. Talking about millions of dollars. What would you do if you had a million dollars? I'll tell you what I'd do, man. Two chicks at the same time, man. We're living in a material world and I am a material girl. Or boy. Well, what about you now? What would you do? Besides two chicks at the same time? Well, yeah. Nothing. Nothing, huh? I would relax. I would sit on my ass all day. I would do nothing. Well, you don't need a million dollars to do nothing, man. Take a look at my cousin. He's broke. Don't do If I had a million dollars. Well, I'm hoping it's Dyson Jacks. I'm Tom He's Matt Weber. SP Futures. Our uh, Dow Futures are up 70. We got SP Futures are up uh, 15. NASA Futures up 62. We're looking to go uh, north again here today. After yesterday, we struggled a little bit, but still we're pretty much north. Uh, we uh, seem to be, we have we have Brendan, Brendan. How are you, bud? Are you someplace? Un- unmute my un- unmute thyself. Well, he's someplace. Well, we'll get him on. I I see him on here. You see him? What does he look like? What's he wearing? He's got. A, he even has a picture in his Zoom meeting. Um, is that good? I'm not so sure we want to go down that road. The uh, <laughs> um. So now we have uh, we have this, the, the the issue with the market is we have problems with the banks we have the oil stuff yesterday as well the oil companies were way up for some reason all the medical companies were way up too so there must have been some story there that I, I I'm still looking for but they were all up in the Dow so the Dow was up huge matter of fact this is a way of review we have the uh, uh, yesterday the Dow was up three twenty seven S and P up fifteen Nasdaq was actually down a little thirty two bucks a couple of the stocks have been leading the the whole fray actually were down the other way, so the um, anyway that's what. But the uh, still we have the 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 worldwide issue is the oil stuff, and let's see where that is today. I don't. They were up like four bucks yesterday, so now it's up eighty cents. We're up to eighty one twenty two. We were below seventy maybe three weeks ago, so it's been a big run up. And well, you know how far it's going to take to the upside, and how much cheating is going to be out of the OPEC members, like there always is, and those become the. Uh, uh, you know, those always become part of the problem. But we had, uh, uh, you know, it's it's sort of interesting. You can certainly see that there's money pouring into the system from the Fed. And uh, it's much as you look at some of the stocks and, you know, people come out all day long and talk about, you know, this one's back up to 20 sometimes earnings, which is non-sustainable and blah, blah, blah. The fact is there's money pouring into the system. And it it just, unfortunately for me, is, a, is kind of a... Uh, you know, I I know that I'm sort of intellectually right in what these guys are doing. I just refuse to believe they're going to make the same mistake constantly. But there doesn't appear to be any doubt that if they're actually worried about inflation versus anything else, inflation takes a back seat. And as much as with these guys give you this load of BS, uh, they're 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 not ab- above pouring zillions of dollars back into place to protect the assets of certain people and. Uh, now we're right back into this. We're just many now. We're just talking about the on the way in of a lot of the things that people uh, somewhat take for granted uh, are almost out of the out of the reach of of what I would consider to be regular people. And I uh, 
first thing during the during the pandemic, you know, everybody went out and and, uh, and got a dog, right? Cause you want to go walk your dog all day long. A and, lot of people did, yeah. Yeah, and uh, and I'm going to say I already lot, had one. Uh, you already had one, but I'm saying a lot of people now are are turning dogs in, and uh, I don't think I mean, I mean for one, I don't really I don't really need one. Rodri has two, but I've ever thought about it. I mean, uh, girls that I meet, uh, well, the girls that a couple of them attend bar in a place in the building are also these these vet techs, and especially you know, two of them work at the uh, these emergency care centers. I'm telling you, if anybody looks at a list of of care on your dog. I don't know if anybody in the middle class owns a dog. I mean, the one lady downstairs, something had happened with her bulldog. It was twelve grand for for stomach surgery, and it was two hour surgery. I mean, they're they're getting like hospitals. I mean, and now the or you can get the insurance and how much that covers. But I mean, there there isn't anybody ready to take on a, a five thousand dollar cash deal in an emergency room for a kid, much less a dog. And uh, you know, start talking about same thing with cars. I mean, you you would think that anybody in this country could own a car and a dog. Well, that's not the way it is anymore. I mean, this is really starting to take a toll, and I'm really surprised that uh, that people are not more pissed off about it. I mean, I, I'm, I don't know what they can do. <laughs> yeah. But, Try, uh, Brendan, are you there? We, we restarted. Hopefully that helps. Brendan? Well, if he has to, we could call in because it still works. Just not understanding why uh, he, we can't hear him. Um, you sure you're not muting him, or he's probably he's muted? He's not muted. He might be muting himself. No, he's not. Uh, we haven't had that problem for about two weeks, so yeah. we'll figure it out. I'm sure you always do. Um, so anyway, that's where. Uh, but I would. I can't wait to get Carl on on Friday to talk about this ma- major war now between uh, Iger and DeSantis over this uh, Disney situation down in Florida. I mean, these guys are going to each other's throat and. Uh, uh, about about for those, I mean, Carl gave us the whole routine, but basically, when Disney went down there 50 years ago now, uh, maybe more, might have been more, uh, it was in the 60s, it might have been 60 years ago. Uh, they went down there and they didn't want, they wanted control of the area around them. There was this huge swampland nobody cared about. They essentially took pieces of, I think, two or three counties and gave that land sort of the home rule to Disney, where I think they did all their own, uh, uh, you know, the uh, a lot of a lot of the ordinances, a lot of the building codes, a lot of all that stuff was them. And uh, last year, they were an- anti this whatever LGBT law that the governor came up with, and he was just outraged. So he went back at him. The, some of the commissioners on that thing, he gets to a point on that county, wherever you want to call it, and he wanted to put all new people. In. Well, the night before they put the new people in. The old people passed all kinds of stuff with some sort of a ancient rule that says you can do something for 75, 80 years or, or whatever, as long as it's not permanent. And so then he jumped ahead of the governor, and now the governor's saying he's going to try and go past that. So they're really, they're really at each other, and they're, they're two guys with enormous egos. I mean, I'm no Trumper, but I don't, I'm not a big DeSantis fan either. I, hope, I don't know anything about this guy if Arkansas is running, but maybe he's better. Uh, I'd sure like to find somebody here I can vote for. Uh, It'd be nice this election to be able to vote for somebody instead of against somebody, which I've been doing for seemingly forever. But the uh, anyway, that's kind of without it. But in terms of the market, it's another one of these years where uh, yesterday, and of course, you know, I have all kinds of clients. And if you look at the averages, especially in the in the uh, Nasdaq, the QQQs or Nasdaq, which maybe traded to trade the QQQs, uh, 
is, is on a tear. And yet the Wall Street Journal an article yesterday said in the S&P, if you, have, if you didn't have those stocks, if you didn't have NVIDIA, if you didn't have uh, Tesla, if you didn't have four or five stocks, you're, not even, you're hardly even up for the year. So again, it's, it's a few stocks that are, that are high in these, in these indices leading the whole market, but the rest of the market's not, not doing that. Now, of course, the last few days, I mean, everybody wanted to, you know, everybody wanted to be in oil, well, just the last few days. Because oil was up for a bunch, and then it stayed flat forever, and it actually was sneaking down. Matter of fact, I'll get a, a chart here of the XLE, which is the oil uh, ETF. And, uh, well, as soon as I can find it, I think. There we go. The, uh, if you look at a, at a one-year chart, we were, um, let's say we, last January, we were at uh, 88.05, okay, which is pretty high. And at, at times last year, it was down in the, 60, in the high 60s. So eighty-eight oh five. So if you would have if you would have bought oil this year, if you would have had this premonition that uh, you wait, this oil and a lot of people thought oil was going to be the, the deal. It started out fast, went up to ninety-two fifty, and on the twenty-sixth of January, and went pretty much straight down and bottomed out at maybe seventy-six. And everybody, of course, thought, "What the hell am I doing back in oil?" This is uh, on March twentieth, so we're talking a week and a half ago was like the low in this thing. So if you'd have been in oil. In the beginning of the year, you've been saying, "What am I doing in oil with all the rest of the, everything else, everything which wasn't really everything else, with all these Nasdaq stocks going to the moon? You know, your Apples, your Teslas, Nvidia's—they're all just going straight up. Even even stuff like Facebook that was down, you know, basically on its ass. So this is how tough it is to you know to be in these different indices. I know a lot of people who bailed out of oil or demanded that we bail out of oil you know, two or three weeks ago. Now it's eighty-seven. Okay, but not anybody realize that the OPEC was going to do this. I mean, no, but this is this is kind of how it is in these indices. I mean, we've seen this indice in, in the last year, last May. Uh, this thing was ninety-two fifty. This is the XLE. Now, this is an index. This is all the big oil companies. So we're not talking about one stock. You know, you got a gusher. No, they didn't. Uh, they were ninety-two fifty, and by July it was down to uh, below. I'm going to say sixty-six. So it dropped basically. It's close to 30 points. It's, it drops 33% in essentially two months, two and a half months. Everybody wants out. So then it shoots back up to 83 by September, back down to 67 in October, uh, back up to 92 in November, down to 75 two weeks ago, and then back up to 87. This is an oil index. So you basically have had 25% moves damn near four times in the last year. Which is which is really tough to hang in with, I and mean, you have to be a, a you know a, somebody who's really convinced that oil's going to the moon to buy an index at 92 bucks, and two months later it's at 66, and saying, I know I'm right. I mean it's it's really hard to do, and especially when other stuff is flying up. So it's you know, again it's the the, uh, the trading in the last several years, especially if you're hedging stuff for people, which is what we do, is about as is about as tricky as I've ever seen it, and some people. We have Brennan. Brennan, how are you, bud? I'm doing okay, Chief. I've been listening a lot to you. You've been talking a lot this morning. Not let me get a word in edgewise. Well, that's because my, my guy somehow is muting himself or doing something. <laughs> We're blaming you. Maddie says it's never his fault, so. Well, that's not true. Yeah, I know it's never his fault. It can't be your fault. Well, well he could. He was not muted because we can see that, so I know he wasn't muted, and he could hear us. But for some reason, we couldn't hear him. So I'm guessing it's something on the, uh, his microphone somehow. But I don't know how to... Same thing it. happened to Joel two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, well, how are you? 
Did you get the call? Today, today's election day. Uh, yeah. Did you get your call from the uh, the the the, the uh, very nice Saudi prince and uh, that he was going to raise a cutback on the oil a little bit and get your oil stuff in yesterday? <laughs> I heard your discussion about the oil crisis and what that's been doing. Well, you know, it's for for if you have people that are uh, if you have a lot of clients that are a lot of them are retired. Uh, this, these aren't necessarily by PTI clients, but other places. They, even if they have a money manager, they still watch the stuff all day long. And every time they see an index running up, they want to be in it. And if it's going down, they want to be out of it. You know, and it, it's really not the way to invest. I mean, uh, although it's really hard not not to feel that way. I mean, maybe buy something at 90 and all of a sudden it runs down to 66. Then you hear somebody else on TV say, hey, what's the problem? You should be in. You should be in all the you know the big uh, tech stocks. Then you then you say okay, let's switch over to the tech stocks. Well, then they may, maybe you catch it, maybe you don't. Maybe then you buy the high over there as well. It's just, it's just really difficult when this is not only going up and down as a market; it's going up and down even more so in the individual sectors. Mm-hmm. So it really is. We have uh, uh, we we started a new strategy uh, this this year, Brennan. We're well, it's not a, it's not a new strategy. It's actually, a very old strategy, but. We haven't done it in a long time. We just tried it very, very small. It's called essentially a uh, uh, covered straggle, covered straddle right, uh, which means um, if you instead of buying a thousand shares of IBM, uh, you buy five hundred, and you sell an out of the money call and out of the money put. Okay, so if it runs up, stock might get taken away, but you get the increase in the stock, which and you get the call and the put price that you sold. And if it runs down, you essentially have to buy the stock, which you buy it lower than if you'd have bought the whole thousand shares the first day. All right, so it's kind of designed for flat markets. And I knew when we started it, I might be a little too early with that flat market thing, but so we started real small. I mean, real, real small, five lots. And uh, the queues were chasing these calls that are $20 in the money, which means, you know, the, the queues ran straight up, and we've been, been struggling to stay up with that. Meanwhile, the Russell, the calls are $10 out of the money. The, the, the Q's and the Russell have gone absolutely different directions in the last eight weeks since we started this, to the point where it's a year, to, it's a it's a move you wouldn't get in two years, and yet it's eight weeks. And these are indexes, so so you have this, the S and P up marginally, not marginally, it's up this year maybe five percent, four percent, somewhere in there. I think last time I checked, the Q's are up like twenty, and the Russell's down like ten, and these are major indices. So even if you're in the market, if you pick the wrong section, you either have a you know a big year or not a big year, or if you sold calls against it, you're mad at the call selling guy because what are you doing selling cue calls and all they're in the money? But it's it's really a, a rodeo. Even even though people just look at the major averages, but inside those inside the whole mess, it's up and down all over the place on almost a weekly basis, maybe even a daily basis. It's 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 not healthy. I don't think. I mean, it just isn't. To me, but uh, you know, anyway, what do you, what do you I mean? What do you think? Is it an observer from the outside? I, I just in the yeah, market. I need a size just to, to parse through what you're saying. <laughs> well, I'm, I mean, you would think when, when we started our protected index program in '97, it was relatively easy to do. There really only was ET, one ETF, was a spider. So you 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 uh, measured your performance against that of the spider, and for a decade we did. You know, extremely well, and then all of a sudden, market went straight up, and nobody wanted to do that anymore. But now these other you you would think 
that you wouldn't have that much of a difference between the Russell and the NASDAQ in a four-month period. Because if, if life is good, you know one's going to be up a little more than the other. Um, it's always going to be a little more than the other. But you wouldn't guess one went one way and one went totally the other way in any kind of society that's somewhat yoked together. And yet it's pretty obvious. I mean, it has been, you know, to me, I mean, I'm bitching too much on the show, I know, but this inflation stuff is not easy. Some companies are big enough that they love it. They have all, they have all this pricing power. The other companies, I'm going to say the smaller companies, don't love it because they don't. And the markets, I th- well, I never want to be like one of those guys that says the market agrees with me, but it's sort of telling you the same thing, right? Big companies are doing great, little companies not so good. Mm-hmm. And I think you could probably make that case for people. So right, what about the election? Uh, is what do, you, what do you make? It looks to me like Vallis might be pulling away from what I hear. Is that... I think so, too, and I think that there's something else that uh, has not shown up in the polls, and that is the base for each one of them. If you look at the polling numbers and the demographics, <coughs> Dallas is doing very well in voters that are over 50 years old, regardless of racial or ethnic or financial background. He's much better in the 50 and over category, and Johnson is doing very well in the 18 to 35 vote. And... Um, they don't tend to come out and go to the polls. So I think that Dallas is in a good spot right now, and it does look like he's starting to pull away. The latest polls that I saw yesterday had Dallas at 49.5 and uh, Johnson at, I think, 45. So it's still right about the margin of error, but I think the demographics are going to help Dallas uh, by the end of the day today. How do, how do you, uh, if you, if you and I all of a sudden got dumped in the polling business, and we'll take Webby with us, how do you do a poll these days? I don't know how they do it right now because, you know, it used to be that they would call on the phone. And yeah. So uh, I, I don't know if they, well, I mean, I've seen, I've received things on my uh, email and text to, uh, to take polls, and I don't participate. And then, of course, there's always the old Mike Leiko gambit that when you're asked by a pollster who you're going to vote for, you lie so that uh, <laughs> you can mess up their polling. But so I don't know how much legitimacy there really is to the polling, and we've seen from the last several major national elections that the polls can be widely off. I mean, going back to 2016 with Clinton and and Trump, you know, that those numbers were way off in in many states. Um, and the part of it is what's known as a Bradley effect, when people said they would vote for Tom Bradley and then they did back when he was running for mayor of Los Angeles. So the I don't know how much credence to put in the polls in the, in the first place, and I don't know how they get their numbers now. Well, I don't see, I mean, I, uh, well, it's a long time ago, Brennan, but I did a little work in statistics in college and random sampling, and, and, and if you don't get the right person, the, bowl, the poll's useless. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it's, if, it's, if it's not random, I mean, even, even you know, the, the example was you, you can't take a poll of people walking down Michigan Avenue because, A, they're not random. People walking down Michigan Avenue are not the same people walking down Cicero Avenue, right? Uh, That's right. So, I mean, you can't, you even really can't, if you got to go get one from Maddie Weber's house and he, and he doesn't answer the door, you can't, you can't take the one from the guy downstairs because that's not, that's that's right. not, it's and, not random. And if Maddie decides to uh, err on the side of not telling you the truth because he doesn't want you to know who he's really voting for, then that skews it as well. Well, it, even if... But then you want to be uh, not so sure that gets you much. I could say not saying anything, but saying you're voting for the other guy puts you in a camp that you don't want to be in either. 
Well, that's right. And, and the, the other thing is that depending on the, the way that the questions are asked, uh, they get different results. And, yeah, I mean, that's one of the differences between, like, in the national election, when you hear the pollsters on TV and, uh, you know, you have a, a Democratic and a Republican pollster, they ask the same questions in a different way, and they'll ask multiple questions to try to get at the truth of who you're going to vote for, who your tendencies are to vote for. But the way those questions are posed can lead to widely different results in the poll results. Well, you know, it is, it's kind of interesting that the age difference... There was a, a lady on, I was driving around last Sunday, and she jumps on, and she's from, uh, I think she was Caucasian, not that it matters, and she was talking about she's from some women's rights group, and how Chicago's so messed up because for, for the second time now, we've thrown a lady mayor out after the first term, and we need to get to the point with women where we let them learn the first term, despite the mistakes they make, to get to do a second term. I'm sitting there going, I can't believe they let this lady on the radio, for, first of all, but they did. Uh, this whole idea that, I, you know, I don't, I remember the first time somebody hired a, a, a black NFL coach and said, well, that's only part of the problem. It's now it should be okay to hire an NFL, a black NFL coach, but it also should be okay to fire him, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't see, I mean, anybody who thinks that Lori Lightfoot just because she's black and female deserves another four years to screw up even more. I don't... I mean, and I, I think a lot of it, Brennan, was not so much you get dealt a really bad hand. I'll say that for her. But the... Just the way you show yourself... And, and, and you, you are the city's ambassador to a large extent. I mean, you, you can't come on with somebody saying, God, there's been 500 murders and, and shootings this year. Yeah, but last year there was 510. We're doing good. I mean... You, it's not the message. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. I mean, it, it really isn't. You, you can't. You, I don't know what you do, but you have to. You have to give somebody an idea that you at least have some some uh, command of the extent of problems and the extent of fear that people are showing the city now. Today's, uh, but I mean, this this election has gotten very very racial. I mean, uh, well, it, well, it, it, you know, it's a mixture of races, and it, there are some, definitely some racial issues there that have been put into this election. But I think it's also very interesting that um, Dallas, more than uh, more than Johnson, has received the backing of uh, the black community. And, uh, I, I didn't say that correctly. Dallas has gotten a lot of support from the yes. black community, including politicians like Jesse White. And he's got a lot of church leaders, which you would normally assume would go, if it was a purely racial thing, would be going more for Johnson right now. Um, so I think there's more of a, a across-the-board coalition for Vallis than there is for Johnson right now. Well, this guy... Uh, Johnson Johnson has the support of the CTU, though, and the SEIU, which I think is, is why he's so close to Vallis right now. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, anybody who has his county board spot, which is, to me... Why that? Why that's even a spot? I don't know. At the same time, the dude is is on the payroll of, of the Chicago Public the CTU. Uh, CTU. And is, is there any? And I'll, you were, actually, I was dying to have you on this morning for this question. I just, of course, remembered it. In this ridiculousness of everything, no matter how much you get paid, whether you have a pension or not, Illinois, everything's a part-time job. Is there is there anything that's declared out of bounds that you can't do on the outside? It doesn't seem like it. Uh, and, you know, there's also a fallacy, for example, uh, when you're looking at a Mike Madigan or an Eddie Burke who will, quote, 
recuse, unquote, themselves for votes uh, because of potential conflict. And yet they've set the stage behind oh, yeah. the scenes as to how the votes are going to work and they know that their votes are inconsequential in the outcome uh, unless they happen to vote. Well, yeah, it's what I'm saying. But this guy, if, if he wasn't... Why am I going to do this without my attorney telling me to shut up? If he wasn't black and coming from that area, nobody would want this guy on there. Somebody who's, who's double-timing like that, and oh, by the way, doesn't pay his water bill. I mean, the guy has no business running. From any kind of an honor th- sort of thing, in my mind. Well, I think there's been a lot of candidates, even in this election cycle, that uh, you, you wonder how do they uh, have the hoods but to run for an office like this based on their experience. However, we know from both national politics oh, yeah. and previous politics in Illinois that you don't have to have a lot of qualifications. I'll go back to one of your earlier comments uh, about the other woman, Mayor Jane Byrne. Um, and, you know, she defeated Michael Belandic because of the snowstorm, and Belandic was a one-term mayor yeah. uh, who came from the 11th Ward and went on to become a justice on the Illinois Supreme Court. So he was pre-qualified, uh, and he got thrown out because of his reaction and his response to a huge snowstorm during the election cycle. Will Lightfoot, you can say, got in the last time because of the confluence of events around Ed Burke and tying Ed Burke to Tony Pecklickle for, for uh, you know, alleged misconduct. So some of these folks get in on flukes, and other times people do come into elective office purely by good fortune. I'll go back to Pat Quinn when he was elected governor in, what was that, 2012, yeah. uh, 2010, uh, after Bogorovich, when he barely got in by the skin of his teeth. Uh, and then, you know, the next time he was defeated by Bruce Rauner, who, like Donald Trump, had no previous experience, was a very wealthy business person, and got in based on, we're going to save the system by treating this like a business. So, you know, there, there's a history on both Republican and Democratic sides of people who are really not qualified or not experienced, as they're not, uh, not experienced in the way the government works, as is very likely. Well, I, I would agree with you on that. Hey, Brennan, thank you. Next Monday we'll have the whole half hour. Maybe I'll even call you up uh, later in the week if we have an opening, because there's more to this. Maybe even you might have to do an election report, like maybe tomorrow. Well, we'll yep. talk... We'll talk to you about that, but SP Futures up 12, Nasdaq Futures up 53. Be right back, Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. 
I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks. Jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here. Hello and welcome back to and Jacks. I'm Tamal Matt Weber on the board. The board the board is causing us some problems this morning, but we'll figure it out. We always do. Uh, SP Futures up 13. NASDAQ is up 60. Uh, individual stocks, uh, Goldman Sachs up 298. Uh, we've got uh, CVX up again today. It's Chevron Texaco. It's up another dollar. Obviously running up with the, with the run-up in uh, oil prices over in Europe. We've got the DAX up 141.9%. FTSE up 3. Call that flat, which is odd. Big difference there. Kick around up 45.6, so they're kind of in the middle. Uh, over in Asia, Nikkei up 99.3%. Uh, Hang Seng down 134.6%. Shanghai up 16.5%. Uh, Australia's central bank held their rate steady. Um, so I guess, I don't know if it's positive or negative, but they said they held their rate steady. The bonds, uh, 10 year up three basis points, 3.46. And right under its 350 mark now for a little bit of a, little bit of a while. Uh, of course, then it'll move rapidly someday. We just don't know which way. Bund up nine basis points, 2.32. It's almost gaining on us. It's only a point below now, which is which is way different. Uh, Japan up six to 0.44. It's heading back toward the 50, which is their max. Uh, yesterday, again, Dow was up 327 with the oil companies and the, and the the medical companies way up yesterday for some reason. S&P up 15. NASDAQ was down 32. So a little bit of a mixed bag. Oil up another 76 cents today, 81 to 18. Run up 76 cents, 85.69. Natural gas up 3 cents, 212. Our Bob unchanged at 276. We've got gold down 320, but still at 1997, went over 2000 yesterday. Silver up 5 cents, 2407. Copper up a penny, 405. Uh, we've got Bitcoin up another 131, 28,252. This last blast of money into the market by the Fed seems to have gotten everything totally discombobulated. Dollars down again today. British pounds almost back up to 125, and the euro is up to one, over 109. So uh, the, we're not getting the coordinated stuff we were before. It's just our dollar going down, and it's taking, which means stocks and the other stuff are going up. It's crazy. We were, uh, not be right back. We're, what do you got for us, Trevi Weather Sports? All kinds of sports, man. Yeah, all kinds of sports. Uh, looks like we're at uh, 40 minutes past the hour now, running late, obviously, trying to figure out this audio stuff that's frustrating. But uh, we're looking decent as you're heading in on a Tuesday morning. Uh, just a couple of issues. We have a car fire uh, blocking the three lanes on the Tri-State I-294. Uh, that's causing uh, some uh, delays on uh, the I-294 Tri-State. That's our big concern right now. Other than that, just normal traffic volumes building up as you're heading into downtown. 
Weather today, it's going to be rainy uh, in mild temperatures, a high of 61. Right now it's overcast and 43 degrees downtown. For our Phoenix listeners, partly cloudy skies with a high of 62. Right now it's clear and 49. In sports, White Sox are blown out in their home opener by the Giants 12-3. Cubs lost to the Reds 7-6. Cubs have led in all four games, yet find themselves at 1-3. Diamondbacks lost to the Padres 5-4. And the Men's National Championship was last night, and it was all UConn. As it's been all tournament long, they blow out San Diego State 76-59. Essentially blew out every team in the tournament that they faced on their way to winning their fifth overall national championship. Chief. The, uh... Did you read this? Uh, do we have what do we have? We have somebody. Joel, how are you, buddy? Hey, good morning, Chief. Good morning. How you doing on this uh, rainy Tuesday morning uh, here? How are things in the uh, windy city? Well, rainy weather all over the place. A lot of wind. A huge wind last weekend. A lot of damage. Crazy stuff. Uh, no tornadoes. Like uh, last year, was was whacked at one uh, place out west where the guy died. Didn't it, Manny? The guy when a concert was going on or something. Yeah, uh, the, a, a roof of an old theater collapsed. Yeah, uh, the thing just took a part of the roof off when it's you know. And there happened it, to be you know three hundred some people inside, so it was pretty scary. The place has been there what a hundred years. Yeah, without any issues. What? Uh, so your your team is not didn't make it to the end. Neither did any of my teams. Uh, UConn seems to have gotten better every game. Those guys are good. Yeah, yeah, you know it. Um you know, when you do your, your brackets and stuff, you know, you go with your heart a little bit and do stupid things like take Purdue in a couple different brackets. But, um, you know, just a, an older team, bigger guys, you know, experienced. Danny Hurley, we all know, you know, the Hurley uh, the Hurley history. So, uh, not an exciting game. I, I did my rant last week about, you know, if Steve Fisher and Brian Dutcher were still at Michigan, but... You know, San Diego State made it exciting, and uh, I guess just not um, no one to challenge them this year. I like the way the guy from uh, Central Florida or coastal was it co- coastal Florida, right? Florida Atlantic, Florida Atlantic, Florida Atlantic. Yeah. Well, that's on a coast, you know, it's close enough. Uh, I like the part <laughs> where where the guy, you know, I I always was always liked coaches that didn't try and you know force square pegs into round holes. That's why Johnny Wooden was so special. I mean, he won with a, a guard-dominated off- offense, a center-dominated offense, and a forward. I mean, he was able to – but I, I thought those guys with the the one big guy and the four little guys where they played the, the center and four guards and just – I'm putting my best five guys out there to let the other guys deal with them. I thought that was special. I mean, teams really didn't know what to, how to deal with that, with that much speed. Yeah, the, the, the big man domination, you know, like you saw with this Zach Eady, if you you know, if you could collapse on him from Purdue, uh, you know it's more. You know, the athletic players, the six seven, the six eight, the six nine guys that can dribble. You know, maybe hit a hit an outside shot every once in a while, draw at the defense. Um, different gate, different coaching. You know, congratulations uh, to the UConn Huskies. Well, do you think? Uh, I, I read something. They said the, the two teams were just missed. They were seriously misranked. Miami should have been higher, and so should UConn. I mean, I think that's – UConn was – they were a four. They are pretty good to be a four. Yeah, yeah. It's um, – you know, they had some bad – they had a bad stretch, you know, where they lost quite a few games. So, who knows how the committee does it. Um, I think it's a lot of, you know, when you hit your stride, when you – you know, uh, whether injuries play a factor or not. Um, a lot of different factors go into it. But uh, – 
it's good to see the little teams get in there, right? You're the FAU, and well, I guess San Diego State's been up there for a while. Uh, but it was a fun, it's fun tournament, and um, well, San Diego year, State. I, not optimistic about Michigan next year, oh, not at all. Not optimistic about the area, but San Diego State, weren't they? It's probably a Matty Weber question. When everything shut down for COVID, weren't they like twenty-five and two or something? Weren't they? Weren't they going to be a number one seed? Uh, yeah, San Diego State was thirty and two that year, and uh, we're going to be a number one seed before COVID canceled the tournament. Yeah, so they didn't come out of nowhere. I mean, they've, they've been good for a while. Oh yeah, they've been. They've. I mean, Steve Fisher, like like Joel said, built a, a an outstanding program there, and they've had some really good teams, a bunch of Sweet Sixteens, and then uh, his longtime assistant coach took over, and they haven't missed a beat. Yeah, it's a so Joel, a r- quick market question. Uh, I know you guys, uh, you know, you know, an awful lot of stuff on the market, and your fingers on the pulse of everything. But put yourself in a position of of somebody that has clients, and you look at something like this oil stuff. And obviously, the oil's been. I use it. Ugh. I was going to say oil was gushing this week. What a horrible thing that is, uh, because of what's going on with the uh, OPEC. But so far this year, oil is going. Last year, it's gone from seventy one to ninety one to 66 to 85 to 68 to uh-huh. 90 to 92 to 75 back to 87 i've had clients all over the place that want in it goes down they want out and then it starts going back up they want back in how the hell does anybody in a professional status let alone a retail status hang with something like that we're talking about four or five 25 percent moves in a year up and down in here and how, how do you not Buy a in top crude, or sell. Are you talking in the crude or in the stock? I'm talking about the XLE, the index. I mean, it's more. Yeah, you know what? My, uh, you're probably talking to the wrong person because I'm kind of, I wouldn't call myself a permit bear, but as far as the oil market goes, I'll talk to you about it I take two different ways. Uh, one way is Bible warns buyer, and when Warren buys it, he's been buying that Oxy for years and years and years. and He's put a bid in, in beneath the, that stock, and um, he's you know, obviously going to be taking it over at some time. It pays a nice dividend. I don't know if we want to chase it up here, uh, but my buddy Dennis has been playing it that way. And then it's just as far as like the overall crude oil goes, I mean, how many times do you see these OPEC cuts, and then yeah. it rallies for four or five days, and then the actual production numbers come out, and they're pumped. They're pumping, so it's a very tough and manipulated market. I would go with the stocks that are paying the dividend and stick with what Warren does because uh, he seems he seems to be tra- uh, trading it and betting you know uh, maybe better than anybody else. Well, that's not surprising. All right, take care of yourself, bud. SP futures up eleven. Okay, go blue. futures up fifty five. Be right back. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. 
Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. One, two, three, four. <laughs> One, two. Let me tell you. Well, and we're back, Stacks and Jackson. I'm on We're on the board. SPFers up 11. Nasdaq's up 51. Are we zooming or phoning? We're on the phone. We're gonna have to figure zoom out afterwards. Someone messed with the settings. All right. Well, we know that someone was that Matt Byrne guy. We'll have to we'll have to, tor- we'll have to torture him. Uh, Kenny, how are you, buddy? I'm good, handsome. How are you? What's going on? I don't know. I'm just I'm trying to uh, uh, do my best with with uh, with clients that are in various sectors. Uh, that we all chose kind of at the beginning of the year that are already up, down, all over the place in the sectors. We've got some people that are, uh, we split them up between we between the two of us. We decided to go half QQQ and half Russell, and one is to the moon and one is to hell. <laughs> like, I, I don't think I've ever seen sectors move around like this. I mean, I'm sure I have, but in recent memory in the last eight weeks. I mean, some parts of the market are, are just being favored, others aren't. If it's and this inflation, I think, is flying back here with the money, money these guys put back in the system. And you know, I, I would suspect, I guess, that the small guys won't do as well as the big guys. But I would never normally trade on my suspicions on something like that. But it looks like it's happening. Uh, something's crazy going on, and I'm sure the Fed's behind it. They always are. They always are. I, I also happen to think this whole thing is very orchestrated. The fact that you know, I came out and quote. Surprised everyone. The kind of thing is a surprise at all. They've been hinting at it. The paper's been hinting at it. When oil broke 70, tricked on the 16th. The first thing I when I talk about is that the Saudis don't like this. They don't like this. Eighty dollars is their sweet spot in oil. It all has been. They've got at least eight. I mean, what that? They made that very clear. So when oil broke 70, traded down to 60, why anyone was surprised at all that this is going to happen is really mind-boggling to me, right? And so I do think. It is orchestrated. I think the Fed knows this. Everybody knows that just the story is going to be. And there's, this, there's, there's all this uh, anxiety about rising price of oil. Meanwhile, street oil analysts have been hundred dollars barrel of oil all year. So again, just surprised that. Okay. I think what it does do is it raises the idea that inflation is going to keep oil prices, rising gas prices, all that stuff is going to keep inflation out, and that's a lot. Now they may move slowly, 25, 25, and 25, maybe not 50, but they'll certainly be 25. And the futures are sticking now, we've got to a 65% chance rate that, you know, we're going to see 20 in three weeks. Well, Kenny, as, uh, as, as, they... as they. The quote unquote bank prices, there was a question whether they're going to pivot or not. Well, as the, uh, the, the huge uh, veteran of, of TV 
news, and I don't want to poke too much of a hole in those guys because, uh, well, you're not one of those guys. You're you're special. How is it? How is it that there hasn't been one word about the four hundred billion dollars put back on the balance sheet in the last three weeks? It's not OPEC that's causing the inflation. It's them. Uh, no, I understand. You know, but there is. There hasn't been overtly discussion about that. But certainly, people are aware. You look at people on Twitter like Danielle DiMartino. She's made it very clear. You know, she's working in the Fed. She's down in Texas, and you don't know her. You got to follow her. Absolutely, follow her. She is believable. But one way or the other, she's been noting, as have a, a couple of other people, that yes, quietly the Fed balance sheet has picked up, and it picked up after the Silicon Valley banking crisis, right? When they opened the floodgates, they tried the markets, which I understand. Maybe it was the right thing to do, but the, the balance sheet is growing again. It's not shrinking. So, yes, that, that is a part of the issue. Well, I think the whole, the whole concept that, that somehow, Kenny, and I think, I think you agree with me on this, uh, but I'm not leading a witness, the whole concept that no matter what it is, a disease, a bank problem, whatever, that the Fed splashing exorbitant amounts of money and running the stock market up is not always the solution. And we, I mean, that, no. But somehow it is for some people. Actually, Jay Powell made it pretty clear six months ago when he said if stock prices and bond prices continue to rise, it's only going to make his job more difficult. But I'll tell you what, Kenny, if you if you traded on what that guy said versus what he did, you'd be you'd be carried out feet first. The guy is totally unbelievable yeah. compared to what he actually does. I'm, not, I'm sure as a person... He's fine, but whatever he, I know he, I know he wants to do the right thing, and every time he tries to do it, somebody gets behind him and, and turns him around. I, it seems to me. I hear you. And I know who the, you know, who the, who the real man is behind the curtain. I guess we'll never know, but somehow or another, do we really need four hundred billion dollars to save one bank? What, 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 what kind of, what kind of mess is the system in? Yeah, but I'm not. It was the same one bank. I think actually a bunch of banks were running there to bolster up their, their balance sheet so to avoid, uh, you know, this run on the bank. So I think a lot now. So I think some of that will end up coming back, but I think the initial reason it surged a lot was because you had a lot of regional banks, especially the ones that were being rumored to be in trouble, uh, and they were not. Uh, I think they took advantage of that, of that you know, facility that they, they created. Um, to count the market. So let's see what happens with that. Let's see if it you know, starts to shrink again once this whole banking just settles down. Well, you know, even if it does, I mean, and I, I agree with you, it probably will. The, the thought of erasing two years, quote, progress in two weeks, yeah, two, two thirds of it is. I mean, it's. Was, it's, it's was it even two weeks? I thought it was shorter. No, it was two weeks. It was. Uh, last week was. Uh, down a little bit the week before, really up the week before that, really up. So it was right in the middle of the of the Silicon Valley deal. But I mean, I, the, the the reason why these guys are in trouble is because they. Well, before I ask that, let me ask a simple question: How the hell can you raise rates when you pour that much money in the system? The reason the reason why the rates go up is you're pulling money out of the system. They do just the opposite. So is it all just an outright lie? Ah. Uh. <laughs> when you paint that picture, it certainly appears that way. It sure does. I mean, how do you how do you come out on one day and say we're raising rates twenty five percent? By the way, I just kicked four hundred billion dollars in the system. How, how does that even? How does that even? 
I, I, by the way, I'm draining the pool. Wait a minute, you got a hose. You're filling it up. Oh yeah, well don't 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 take the pictures. So don't take what I say. Yeah, but is that really any different than what they did when they started raising rates even a year ago? They they were not shrinking the balance sheet. They kept adding to the balance, sheet, but yet they started to raise rates, right? So it's that same mantra. Well, there there is technically, and I don't want to go because we're, we're short on time this morning. I don't want to. I mean, theoretically, everybody pulling their money out of all these banks, which is kind of crazy. Uh, they could have shrunk the money supply enough to where you had to add money on the Fed level just to keep it even. So the the, the money they put back in wasn't all just over the top. But I can't believe the number was four hundred billion. No, I hear you. I can't believe it. It's a very big number. Um, but you know, it was very simple, like you said, over a very short period of time. But I guess we're going to find out. But look, that is that to your point. I think has helped the market. A rally into the end of the quarter um, as we move into the start of the second quarter. It's going to be a very interesting commentary coming up with Fed in three weeks when what the Fed meeting is when they raise rates 25 base points and then people, you know, during the press conference, people pin them down and ask them if, in fact, they even ask them about what's going on with the balance sheet and how to explain it away. I'm going to say, Kenny, if you and I were ever invited to that uh, press conference, we would never be invited back. No. <laughs> no, I'm sure we wouldn't, but, but see, they know you and I, so they're not inviting us. We, we, we wouldn't be there in the first place. <laughs> Kenny, <laughs> Kenny, have a good week. Take care of yourself. SPFU's up 13. Yeah. SPFU's up 59. We're still up, but not quite as much as we first came in, but still up. Pretty strong. We'll be right back. Stocks and Jacks. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time to gave my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Hear ye, hear ye! The Homer Broadcasting System is on the air! Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control! Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. There's something happening here. Lord Opex, Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tamal. We're on the board. SP Futures up 13. NASA Futures up 58. We think we have things fixed here. Do we have Mr. Hal? Professor. Uh, now, Hal's muted on his end, so unmute yourself, Hal, and, and let's see if we have you. Can we tell that to All right. There we go. There we I go. got it. All right. <laughs> if, we, if, we don't, if we don't like a guest, can we say mute thyself? <laughs> you know what? You'd think uh, after... Three years of Zooming with students over classroom <laughs> instruction and advising. I'd be better at this. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, just, Hal, hearing your voice was uh, was uh, music to Chiefs in my ears yeah. because for the last hour uh, we were troubleshooting on Zoom, and it turned out 
the uh, the issue was not within our Zoom at all. Someone messed with the settings within the computer, and once we've isolated that and figured it out, it was uh, pretty easy to fix. Yesterday, oh, uh, yesterday, yeah, we had three people in studio, plus the producer, and we had the Zoom. So, I think uh, younger Matt was doing everything he could to not have one bleed into the other. And uh, <laughs> and he, by the way, he did a great job yesterday. I mean, it was I don't know if you listened to it, Mr. Weber, but uh, I mean, he. I knew, I figured he did something different because there was no no hesitation between one to the other. I'm thinking that's well, good. Yeah, yeah. And whatever. But then he obviously didn't leave a note of what he did, so that's that's an oopsie. Say, it's uh, kind of like when your kids uh, randomly hit keys on the keyboard. Yeah, and they hit these hot keys, and it takes you hours to figure out how to undo what they did. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's what I feel like when I come in on Tuesdays. It's kids messing with my computer. <laughs> well, you didn't you didn't train Matt Byrne though. You never even met him. That's true. Yeah. That's you like true. him. He's a good kid. Um, so, Hal, I, I know you're... Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I was going to tell you, Tom, Matt, the younger guy, Yeah. I was thinking his voice sounded like uh, warm milk. God. <laughs> He's got a great voice. He's got a great voice. Well, Andrew's the guy who does the voiceovers, I think. Well, actually, they both, oh, he is. They both okay. do, yeah. Well, I think they both do. Yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, young Matt has taken his traffic weather sports and stuff and sent it to some... Uh, commercials and stuff, and I think he's doing a few. They Good like, for him. Yeah, yeah I, awesome. I, I think he's the one that has that warm milk voice. It's Maddie, just really soothing. Matty, you should uh, you should do that because you you got the best of the three. I think. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> but, I uh, learned a long time well, ago you can't make Matt, any money Matt's, in radio. Matt's Matt's voice isn't uh, warm milk. Warm milk no. is great in the morning. I think <laughs> he'd be good for like a. Uh, mine's, well, my, are you saying mine's just black coffee? You'd be better I for think like yours a is more like black coffee, yeah, <laughs> and black coffee's good too. He's more of a, for a sports betting head. Yes, that's right. <laughs> but that's okay; those guys are paying up. That uh, they're probably paying the most. Yeah. Hey, uh, Hal, did you take? Uh, I mean, uh, so, you know, you're like the prof- the professor in Gilligan's Island. You're even though you don't know it, we consider you a professor of everything. Did you do a, a lot of human resource study? I, the last three days, I, I've read a couple of things here that I absolutely cannot believe in today's world. The thing at McDonald's where they told everybody to stay home and they'll, they'll let you know who they fired? I, I know. Oh, yeah. And now today, you see this, this new uh, CFO, Ruth Porat, at Google, kicked off the multi-year em- employee service cuts. The company's cutting back on laptops and equipment uh, like staplers. Wow. Really? It's <laughs> kind of like uh, that movie Office Space where the guy can't <laughs> find a stapler. Yeah. Milton? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, I, I, they got to be kidding me. I mean, out of all the money these, I mean, what, what is her salary? How many staplers is that? Why don't you just give it well, I think her? what's I think what's going on is, uh, you know, I think we're in a recession. I think the yield curve is really, really inverted from the three month to the ten year. It's one point negative one point five. I mean, I don't have any data before uh, nineteen eighty on the the Federal Reserve's database, Fred. Uh, but if you look at it. It's the most inverted it's been at least in 40 years. And I think what's happening is ad revenues are drying up. You have all these companies issuing layoff notices. They're not, and, you know, Google and all these uh, tech companies are really heavily dependent on advertising. I think money's gotten really tight if they're yeah. talking about, you know, you, you know, cutting back on staplers. I mean, it's gotten really tight, I think. Cutting back on fitness classes. Staplers, tape, and the frequency of laptop replacements. How often do you replace yeah. a laptop? I have no idea. I mean, when money's flowing, when money's flowing and, you know, credit's cheap and interest rates are low, I mean, you know, every 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 employee can have three or four computers, right? But when 
money tightens and we're going on a recession and ad yeah. revenues are drying up. I think these really these big tech companies that are heavily dependent on ads, you know, if <laughs> other companies that are buying the ads don't have any sales, they're not going to buy advertising. And, you know, that's going to hurt the tech companies. It's a, uh, but I mean, the, the, the idea of the human resource part of that, if you, if somebody who's making that kind of money tells you to look, to not use as many staples, you really got to wonder. Yeah, I think it's I think it's bad, uh, worse than we think. I was watching Maria this morning, and she had a young guy on there talking about how, in I think in Houston, um, um, the the garbage company's having a hard time hiring somebody at ninety six thousand dollars a year to drive a garbage truck. But then he mentions all these MBAs, and I think what we have, we have this. Uh, huge bubble in uh, higher education, and I'm in higher education. We have a lot of people who have degrees and MBAs and whatnot. And you know, you look at what who's being laid off, and it seems like it's upper management, it's white collar. And I don't know if any of these people with MBAs or PhD. I mean, if things got bad enough, I would drive a garbage truck. But I don't think a lot of people have these MBAs and these advanced degrees and college degrees want those jobs. And uh, there's a lot of a lot of them slushing around in the labor market, but there's not very many guys that are willing to drive a garbage truck. Well, you know, we have, that's, why the la- that's why the labor market seems tight, one of the reasons. Well, you know where we have uh, talk about waste of, of human resources, and I'm not talking about anybody individually, but given all the problems we have in this country with Security and violence. Not only do we have an awful lot of crooks running around. I think I did a. Maddie, you, I don't know if you remember. Sometimes your memory is better than mine. I, I did some study one day of how many people are involved in law enforcement in this country. From it's like three. Is it, Maddie, was it three hundred thousand or some some massive number of people? Yeah. More than, I mean, there's like there's like fifty or sixty thousand TSAs. Yeah. And you, I mean, and I, I'm going to say that that's to make sure I don't carry a toenail clipper on board an yeah. airplane. Now you know I, I'm not going to go into how that all, but I mean we uh, once in a while we'll go over here to series. You've, you've been there, and we'll have a, an after after trade cocktail. You walk out there's there, the board of trade has like nobody in the place, and, and there's there's four security guards standing there. I mean, they all are young, healthy, pleasant people. This can't be their highest and best use, Al. For God's sake. Yeah, I, I would. I would. I'm wondering if uh, you know the federal government has required workers return to the office, and if they haven't, I don't think they're doing much work at home. I think. And... I, you know, I think some of this McDonald's thing. Be honest with you, because one of uh, well, nobody can dig back and find the name. One of the ladies who's come on the show a lot was a consultant to McDonald's and then got hired there, and she's got a pretty big job. And I know there was a massive, just offhand comments. I mean, she never talked about work. And I never asked because I didn't want to do that for, for fear I might say something. Uh, I know there was a big reluctance for people to come back to work. And and at one point, the the, the management wanted them to. Uh, because I think a lot of what they do, a lot of their programs, a lot of their stuff, I mean, if they're going to have a new menu item in Europe or a special here or someplace, I think it, what you do, and again, I'm not... A, to complain about people who do work at home and specialize and do just as well, but I mean, I think for some of that, that cuts across every department in the place. And for not to be able to get in a room together and look at each other and do it, I, I'm, you know, maybe I'm old school, but I think part of it is them saying, "Okay, everybody stay home. 
and the people we've never met stay home forever. I mean, I, I don't know if it's going to turn out that way, but I have a feeling that if I'm somebody who's coming to the office every day at McDonald's, I feel a bit better about this this than somebody who I have never even met my boss. I mean, I, that might be wrong on my part, but uh, I mean, some of it, some of it, you know, there's this, this overflow of dough, and I mean, the, the it's hard, you know, it's, it's hard for me because I watch other people do it and sound like idiots. I really don't like to do the same thing. It's hard for me to look at market movement and try and put some sort of economic... Now, granted, if, a, if an asteroid hit New York and the market went down, I guess I'd be pretty confident in saying we're down because the asteroid hit New York. But uh, other than something like that, it's pretty hard to say, well, you know, why are, why are the small caps down and the big caps up? And I see a whole bunch of money pouring in from the Fed, and I, and I assume because I'm a monetarist at heart, that that's going to cause another bubble of inflation here down the road three or four months or already, um, that small companies don't do near as well in inflationary times as big companies because big companies have the pricing power. They're basically monopolists or cartels uh, of, of varying degrees. And uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's surely not going to affect anything that Pfizer does. If it, you know, if uh, They're not going to be hurt by inflation or anything like that. So... I mean, I, you wonder, is that what's happening here? People are saying, okay, the, we, we were fighting inflation for a little while, now we're not. Now we're going to go right back to where everybody was two years ago when it was flying through the roof. I mean, I, can, can I say something like that, or am I totally off the chart wrong? Well, I, I think uh, if you look at the tip spread, um, which the Fed calls the break-even inflation rate, the difference between conventional securities, say the five-year, and the Treasury Inflation Protected Security, it looked like it was headed down, but recently with the uh, the news of you know 115 banks being suspect and what three or four banks having to be taken over, including SVP and the one here in New York uh, Signature. Yeah, I think investors now are thinking, yeah, I think the Fed's going to turn the spigot back on, and that downward trend turned into kind of a horizontal trend, and that horizontal trend is well above the peaks of the last. 10, 15 years. So I think investors expect the uh, Federal Reserve to turn the spigot back on, and that's not going to be good either. I mean, we're going to have even higher prices, and I think uh, if we go into recession with inflation, we're talking 1970s stagflation, right? Well, but you... I'm just not very, I'm just not very confident that people that um, think they can plan the economy and are planning the economy. I don't think anybody can plan the economy, and that's why I don't think it should be centralized in any way any shape or form. Well, for, first of all, if you if you decide if you predict that we're either not going to go into recession or we are, you're always going to be right because you get to decide. Yeah, because eventually go into it, right? No, you, no, you get to decide what a recession is on your own. Now we, we've gotten rid yeah. of any kind of definition. Yeah. So, I mean, I've had, I had there was some I was going to say buffoon uh, saying there's no way you can have a recession when your unemployment rate is three and a half percent. Oh, you can. Well, I know you can. If you <laughs> I know you if can. you conned. If you conned all young people, if you conned young people to uh, uh, get degrees that maybe they wouldn't have got otherwise with really cheap credit, and then to follow that up with uh, graduate degrees, and those graduate degrees aren't in demand, you're gonna have a lot of people who have um, too many credentials, uh, have acquired more education than they probably need, and you can't find anybody to drive the trash trucks, the garbage trucks. So I think that has something to do with the fact that there's a lot of jobs out there that are still unfilled. And the, and the labor market numbers are always lagged. Uh, they start rising during the recession. All right. They continue to fall 
at the beginning of the recession, then about six months to a year into the recession, then you start seeing it rise. Because company, I don't think small business people and I don't think companies really want to lay off people because they really appreciate the people. And I think these decisions are hard, which is why McDonald's is probably doing it remotely because nobody has the guts to go into their office and say, hey, uh, we need you to uh, clear out your desk, right? Because sales are down and, and costs are up and we need to cut back. I don't think anybody has the guts today to do that. And they find it easier to do it uh, via Zoom. Well, I also I also think that it, it's a way, I mean, as, as we talk about people allegedly getting these wage increases, I, I don't know if they are or they aren't. I mean, you you can give me a, if there's 20 people in my department and you get everybody a 10% raise and you lay off 20% of the people, sounds to me like if we're doing the same amount of work, I'm still 10% behind. Mm-hmm. Or I mean, I know my math is, you know, a little fuzzy, but it, this whole idea that we're going to, you know, lay off, why, why don't we lay somebody off at the top, at the top? I mean, do we really need or why don't we wait? Why don't we lay off a bunch of people who are sitting at home uh, doing federal work that aren't doing federal work at home? Well, and they're I, still at home. Well, and I mean, lay we them could, off. The, 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 as to how many people we could lay off in the federal area, I, could, I think I, it'd be really difficult. I mean, I was listening to uh, uh, Haley, uh, the former governor of South Carolina, talk. She was talking pretty big, and uh, she was on a podcast. I was listening to it on the subway, and she's talking about how she uh, cleaned out the departments in South Carolina and she can do that in D.C. and I'm thinking uh, no you can't because there are federal laws to prohibit Congress has made it illegal for the President of the United States to fire civilian employees and that started under Teddy Roosevelt so she can she can talk all the talk but you know she gets elected she's going to run into the same buzzsaw I think that Trump did I think Trump wanted to fire a lot of people in the federal bureaucracy, and he found out how difficult that is. And if she tries to do it, I think people who want to keep their federal jobs at the NSA and the CIA, they're going to find dirt on her. Oh, yeah. And it'll come out, and she'll be humiliated. And so I think this whole effort in New York City is to basically tell everybody out there, if you try to shrink the federal workforce, we're coming after you, the NSA, the CIA, we're going to come after you. The Department of Defense is going to come after you. The FBI. They don't want their jobs cut. Well, the, so I, I, I think, think the only person. Shot. I think the only person who actually lost people in the federal government. You know what? I, I got to check this because it's been a long time. I think the, the only person who lost people was Clinton. Hmm. And I think he just didn't. I think they just they just through attrition they just didn't hire anybody. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. Because but I, I, I don't think she's going to be able to fire anybody. I don't, I don't think she's going to be able to end any federal agency. She's not going to shrink them. They're just going to continue to grow. Well, and that's, you know, and, and that's a problem. And, and some people honestly believe that uh, that it is it's positive. I mean, I'm, I, I keep talking about her because I can't stand listening to her. People like Elizabeth Warren and like uh, who's the, the guy who ran for president it was just in town here pushing for uh, Bernie Sanders. Yeah, I don't. I, they obviously have never been involved in anything where, how can I say this? Regular people do stuff. I mean, I mean, I was involved in, uh, you know, railroad car manufacturing. And now, granted, you, you never wanted a railroad car to fall apart. I mean, you know, people took pride in it. You, you don't, you don't have to build a plane that doesn't fall out of the sky because Elizabeth Warren is watching you. 
You do it because it's yeah. like really bad business. Yeah. I mean, to, yeah. to build a plane that doesn't fly. I mean, it's bad for business for, for people to die. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not. I mean, I mean, granted, some, it's not rocket science. Some, it's not some, hard. I mean, some firms are always going to be on the edge. They got to make sure everybody at least does uh, the, the, some level of maintenance. I get that part because you don't want it to be part of the competitive playing field. But I mean, when when you when you designed a railroad car, the person who did the engineering would do the drawing and he'd say, "Oh, this part has to be, you know." 15 and a quarter inches plus or minus four thousandths or something you know yeah and, and when and when the when the person who made the part first of all he if he knows how to read the drawing and knows what he's doing he sets the machine right he checks it himself right so then there's going to be a quality control on that that, that makes some sort of common sense where a second person is going to check every 20 parts or he's going to randomly check one of 20 parts or something and there's going to be some piece of paper that says this particular part needs to be checked this much it's either a, a very key part or not such a key part it doesn't matter if it's a little big or a little small it, it depends on but what, what you can't have is somebody from the government standing next to the guy stamping the pump the parts out especially if the guy's 24 years old doesn't know what the hell he's doing I mean, yeah. you couldn't have had somebody stand- by the way that happens in the navy a lot yeah you have 20 24 year old officers who've never turned a wrench in their life supervising me who's rebuilt engines and transmissions and whatnot on how to build a ship surface air compressor, right? That happens a lot. Well, I mean, to, but to a certain... It's the idea they're supposed to be learning while they're there from you, even though they don't think of it that way and neither do you, but that is what they're doing, right? Well, the person doing the work kind of feels like, all right, if I mess anything up with him looking over my shoulder, he's looking for any little thing to write me up and send it to the captain. Well, that's probably so true. It, it, yeah, it, that, that's, that happens in the Navy a lot. But there's, but there's some... There's some issue, and I don't know how you do it in Washington, but I, I, the first thing I would do is I'd find a way, and there probably isn't a way, and they're digging up dirt on me. Digging up dirt on you. You used to drink beer after softball, just Weber guy. Well, there'd be the dirt. Uh, is that dirt, Matty, or is that good? That's pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, there's some people in the country who wouldn't think it was, but, I mean, there's always somebody who doesn't like it. So, but, I mean, this whole consumer protection agency, I don't really have a problem with con- protecting consumers but I think they just were a total duplication of what other people were supposed to be doing anyway. Well, I think I think these kinds of uh, institutions uh, increase the cost of yeah. doing business for small businesses, and the big businesses can uh, spread it out over a it, per unit. It doesn't cost them much, but for a smaller business, it does, and it's just a way to encourage, if you will, small businesses from ex- exiting. And you know, in Utah. I was watching the news one night, and this politician was outraged that there was no um, amusement park regulations in the state of Utah. And I'm thinking, well, why do we need amusement park regulators? Well, we have this thing called Lagoon. Uh, it's more it's Mormon Six Flags, as I, I, I called it. It's an amusement park, a really fun amusement park. And it's you can your whole family can go to Lagoon all summer long for the price of one week, one two days at... Um, Disney. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, I'm thinking to myself, why do we need the regulator? It's assuming that Lagoon wants people to die on its rides, and Lagoon doesn't. If if people fall from a ride and die, nobody's going to come to Lagoon. And plus, the owner of the company probably lives in the community, has lived in the community. You know, the family that runs this place has lived in the community for 100 years. I don't think they want to hurt the environment or kill people. I think they spent a lot of money on maintenance 
Because they don't yeah. want anybody to die. Well, That's they, bad for business. They do, but there's always somebody who's willing to... Who's the, the lady who ran as uh, McCain's vice president? Uh, Sarah Palin. Sarah Palin, yeah. I mean, she's very right-wing. I think she's actually somewhat of a... Uh, uh, you know, whatever, libertarian of some kind. Um, but she said, when as soon as she started dealing with uh, these bigger companies, throughout companies and so forth, said, if you didn't watch them like a hawk, they shaved every single safety rule they could. I don't, I don't believe that. I don't, I don't think companies are doing that, honestly. I think, I think that's a myth uh, pushed by media and... Well, I mean, I mean it's, this, is, this is her saying it, and, she, and she's very yeah, pro-business. Yeah, I, don't, I just don't agree with her at all. I, 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 I don't think... People in business want people to die. I just don't see it. I would I would say that there are, there have been people. I knew it from the railroad guys. There have been uh, there were railroads that were constantly Union Pacific. Anything on the main line was a Class Seven rail. You know, fifty years ago. Now it's not. I'm going to say that there are there are some railroads that uh, push it to the limit and, and will go overboard on safety because that's the way the CF, the CEO wants. And some yeah. other guy who thinks that he's gonna it's a it's a short term deal. I'm not gonna say he's ever gonna want the plane to fall out of the sky. I mean, I, I hope nobody nobody wants that. But there's gonna be somebody who says that if this company has a reputation for always over maintaining everything, somebody's gonna come in and say, How much does that cost us a year? What if we went bound to the minimum? And somebody will make that trade at some day. I'm not saying he's gonna go, you know, don't 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 refill the tire. We don't care if the plane lands and blows up. Nobody's going to do that. But there, but there's levels of this, I think. Yeah, well, you know, I ride the tracks. Well, I used to ride the tracks quite a bit in Salt Lake. It's our subway, our L. And I was talking to a, a per. I like to talk to people. I was talking to a person that works for tracks, and I was asking about why the 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 the, the, the train cars move so much on the tracks. And they go, well, the rails are constantly kind of sliding back and forth, and we have to constantly check them. And make sure they're parallel and they don't oh, yeah. uh, s too much, right? But you look at railroad tracks in Ohio. I've seen pictures of trail railroad tracks that are s shaped, you know, by eight, well, it's all, eight it's, inches to a foot and a half, right? Well, they're not even that far because I mean, but the, well, I've seen I've seen some railroad tracks pictures that people have taken that are pretty wild, and I think those things are inspected by government. And you know, if you see train tracks like that. Um, and you're a regulator, you probably should raise a red flag, but I don't think these red flags are being raised by inspectors and regulators. Well, I, I think... And, the, so, and so the firm that's faced with regulation, you can have, they're, they're like, they're, they're spending just enough money to comply with the regulation, so the regulation ends up being a minimum standard of quality. Well, And, and right. they, they can put up their hands and say, hey, look, we're complying with the regs, that we're complying with the, the inspectors, right? I mean, there, there's no... There's no, like, minimum, what I'm saying is if, if you have a state, I, w- I will bet you, actually maybe not in Utah, uh, that every ele- every elevator has an inspector once yeah. in a while. It comes by if it's once a year or whatever. Uh, it'd be pretty hard to say, I want an elevator that goes up three floors to be inspected, but I'm not going to worry about a roller coaster that goes up ten stories. Yeah. But then again, how well, do you- I think I th- Again, I think the owners, if the owners of the building um, didn't have to couldn't rely on minimum standards of quality. I guarantee, and they were held 100% liable for any deaths or accidents yeah, or injuries. The thing is, hell, they aren't. They would take better care of those elevators. But the, but they never are. They never are. The people are never. 
That, that's what well, because we live in a world, we live in a world where government regulations are a minimum standard of quality, and that's the only world well, we, we know. Example. And so these companies spend just enough to satisfy the regulator. But the, we have something going on here, and we'll talk about it more after the break. From an economic standpoint, uh, we have uh, Michael Madigan, and, and was it how many? Was it how many more people? Is it four people? Well, no. Well, he's going to have his trial in a while, but these four people are working for Commonwealth Edison, and they're charged with doing some stuff uh, to, to influence Madigan and his gang to do some things from Commonwealth Edison. Well, anybody who's got a, a brain working knows that Commonwealth Edison has been doing this for 120 years since he started. So Sam Insull was the, was the original chairman, or he was the original, but he was way early. And he, I mean, uh, governments were just stuff to push around. They were a monopoly, okay? So the firm has paid this 220, I think it's 220, maybe, million dollar fine um, for alleging trying to manipulate the legislature, which we all know they've done from God knows when. Now, they got four people that are being tried that aren't even upper, ma- well, they might be somewhat upper management, but they're not the board members or not anybody. And then Madigan, unless he comes up with some incredible defense, he and some people are going to go to jail on the one side. Yet on the other side, there's no felony charge on the corporation. They're not kicking every board member out and say you can never charge on another board. We're not we're not taking the bonuses back from the the top seven people for the five years they were accused of doing this. We're not doing anything like that. You know, so uh, so there's I don't think there's any way that if somebody drops uh, the maintenance at United Airlines or the amusement park from o- above minimum to minimum and somebody dies, that guy's never going to, he, he's never going to be personally liable for a second, for a dime, or go to jail. I mean, it's, well, I, we yeah, got to th- th- okay. hold that thought till after break. SPV is up 12, SPV is up 45, be right back. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading options ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. 
I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now. Hello and welcome back to Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tamal. We had Matt Weber on the board. SVP is up 11.50. NASDAQ is up 43.75. So we're still pushing to the upside here. Uh, we've got, I think, money flowing in the system, and it's probably doing part of it. Uh, Dow up 55 points. Um, individual stocks, we have uh, well, we have Boeing not on 219, 213. Uh, we've got Goldman Sachs up 358. And we've got Chevron Texaco back up another buck ten as well. Prices continue to sneak up here. And again, like... Uh, Al or Kenny was saying that uh, you never really know. They're going to raise the prices, and uh, and all of a sudden we'll see whether they cheat, where they really drop the stuff down, whether they whether it stays up there or somebody else fills the gap. You know, you never really know on this stuff, but uh, it never never usually stays there. Uh, over in Europe, we've got the Dex up 147. It's a full percent. Footsie, however, only up three. Call that flat. Cac around sort of in the middle, up 46.6 percent. For Asia, we've got uh, Nikkei up 99.3 percent. Hang Seng down 134.7%. Shanghai up 16.5%. Um, sort of a mixed bag over there. Bonds up 4 basis points, 3.47. The Bund up 8 basis points, 2.32. Remember when, when we were like 3 points difference, and now we're barely a point difference. So they're really coming together. Uh, Japan up 6 basis points, 0.44. They're heading toward their max at 50. At least it looks like they are. Yesterday, Dow up 2327. S&P up 15. NASDAQ down 32. Well, kind of a mixed bag. Oil, up another 62 cents, 81.04. It was under 70, I'm going to say, three weeks ago. So that's a big move. Uh, Brand up 60 cents, 85.53. Natural gas up 4 cents, 2.12. We've got gold, which ducked over 2,000 yesterday. Now is back over 2,000. Up 50 cents at 2,090 cents. Silver up 11 cents, 24.13. The question is, is this a breakout on gold, or is every time it gets 2,000, it's right back down again? We will see. Crypto. Up at 147 on the Bitcoin, 28,269, and the U.S. dollar is uh, is is down again. Well, actually, it's now a little mixed. It's down against the the pound. The pound's at 125. Uh, it's flat against the euro. Euro 109. So both of those are are higher than we've seen in a while. Matty, we have for us with sports. That's a lot of crap I just went through. That's a lot. 37 minutes past the hour. Good morning once again to everyone out there. That earlier car fire that was pretty significant on the tri-state has been cleared. So tri-state is back up and open. Uh, so good news there if you're heading uh, on I-294. There's no other accidents to report on any of the area expressways, although we are seeing some heavy traffic build up on the inbound Kennedy, mostly due to the uh, lane closures there. And same for the Eisenhower and Stevenson, a lot of people taking alternate routes. Uh, certainly, uh, if you're coming from the west, you're, you know, in 90 was an option, you're probably taking 290 now. Southside expressways are relatively quiet for this hour on a Tuesday. Weather today, uh, lots of clouds, some rain in the forecast, a high of 61. Right now it's overcast and 44 degrees downtown. For our Phoenix listeners, partly cloudy with a high of 62 today. Right now it's clear and 49. In sports, White Sox had their home opener yesterday, uh, ruined by the Giants, who blew out the Southsiders 12-3. Cubs were in Cincinnati. Cubs had a 3-0 lead and a 6-4 lead before blowing both and losing to the Reds 7-6. Cubs have led in all four games this season and are 1-3. Diamondbacks lost to the Padres 5-4. 
And in college basketball, the national championship game uh, was played last night down in Houston, and it was UConn blowing out San Diego State 76-59. to UConn essentially blew out everyone they played in the tournament, looked like the best team by far, and have now won the school's fifth national championship. Chief. So, Matty, did you see the traffic report of the guy this morning? It was right before I picked you up. Uh, Hell, they got a, a st- they have they have a st- they got Southside. They have a station here that does all the traffic, right? Well, so does Maddie, but um, where people can call in if you see your traffic tipsters. So, so this guy calls in and he goes on the Ryan, like 87th Street. There's a car on the right with tire problems. I know this to be true because I'm the guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard that. That's before. pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> You know, it was to be true because I'm the guy and I'm sitting there with a bad tire. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, yeah, yeah, we're talking about, you know, the differences and how, you know, who's liable and stuff on all these things. I mean, that was a crazy thing about uh, when uh, Arthur Anderson went under. Is I mean, This is, you know, back in a ways. I don't know if you were ever in that industry, but the industry, the, the public accounting industry was adamant that they did not want fought against a regulator forever. And I'm not, I'm not for uh, you know regulators because they know they they imbalance. I mean, what they do to us compared to a big term firm is you know it's 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 almost criminal in my mind. But uh, sometimes they out they come in here for an audit, they get more orders, and we have people and just just you know bug everybody all day. It's like we're not going to do that with Schwab. I mean, uh, anyway. But the what happened with Arthur? What what the regulator really does is they become so caught up in the big firms that they act as the buffer between you and the, and the justice system. So you never actually get convicted of anything no matter what you do. I mean, you could, you could go down on a trading floor. I mean, this, this is, you know, pretty well policed in a CBOE, although the, as the, as the uh, exchanges started competing for listings, one of the ways you competed was by lack of enforcement of the rules. You know, and they can they can come after me if they want, but the fact is that's the truth. So firms were allowed to cross orders and do things that were, let's put it this way, were very much in the gray area. Now, if you went down to a crowd, and some firms did this, or some brokers did this, and they'd say, "What's the market on the uh, the spread?" And somebody in the crowd might go quarter a half. Well, we're going to put it up at five ace, and we have a customer that wants to take half of the sell side. And you sit there and you go. Well, that's interesting. They have two customers, <clears throat> and they're playing one against the other, right? So the crowd's willing to fill them in a half, but they're going to they're going to pay five eighths. So that's, I mean, if it's a hundred lot, a, an eighth is twelve fifty. So that's twelve fifty times a hundred is twelve hundred bucks, right? And uh, so I mean, it's it's real it's real money, um, especially since a felony is what a hundred bucks. So that would go, and they'd say we'll allow you to participate at five eighths. So in other words, they'll let you in on the on the booty. And they're essentially preferencing one customer. It could even be them, themselves. The firm could be taking the other side, saying nobody else would want to do it, which is BS since the crowds want to do it better. Well, if they ever got written up, if they ever got caught, if, the fir- if they had the balls to go after you know, a major firm and fine them for it, the fine would be you know, a couple hundred hours or something. Well, if, if that went to court, 1,200 hours could be a felony. So the, the broker and the firm could be actually convicted of a crime. You, you always want a, a regulator between you, if you're in a big industry like that, you want a regulator between you and, and, the, and, the, and the judge. I mean, because uh, and, 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 the regulator gets very chummy with the biggest of people, 
I mean, the, you think for a second that Pfizer and uh, and Merck want the FDA to go away? I mean, they're they're their boys. They 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 they're they're who keeps you and me out of the business, right? Oh yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't work anything like we want it to work. Now, even in this case, the uh, none of the people at Commonwealth Edison are going to go to jail. If somebody paid off uh, Madigan and Madigan goes to jail, the person who paid him off and the board that told him to do it and the president that said, go ahead, they should be in the next 12 cells, shouldn't they? In my yeah. opinion. But they won't be. Well, I agree. Yeah. They won't be. I mean, yeah, I agree. I, I, it sounds like uh, kind of I, I had a few minutes to um, look at what was going on because I hadn't heard of this. This is kind of a Chicago thing, an Illinois thing. But it kind of sounds like, to me, Madigan kind of slow walked some things, kind of like the way that contractors in New York City slow walk work. There's not a lot of contractors here for the population, right? And so I think they slow walk it to elicit, you know, tips, cash tips, a ten thousand cash tip from a rich person, and if they get that tip, then they'll they'll get it done in a couple of days. But with my mother-in-law, who's retired now on a a nurse's um, pension. Man, they slow walk her work. It'll take them three months to fix that boiler, right? Because they're slow walking it because she's not willing to pay that bribe. It kind of sounds like to me that that uh, politician in Illinois kind of slow walks things. And in order to get that thing greased and, and through the system, you got to donate money to his campaign, right? You got to kind of well, sure. kick it back, right? So that that's kind of how politics works. And that's why I think politics is just the dirtiest word on the planet. And well, I can't stand politics, and I hate talking politics, because politi- anything politics just, to me, just speaks of just dirtiness. But politics is people, unfortunately. Well, I mean, the the, the politicians and the lobbying and the, the deals that are done behind the scenes and the pretending that they hate each other when behind when the cameras are turned off, they're probably having tea and strumpets together, right, at the lo- the local um, coffee shop. Well, so, I, don't know, I don't know if they're doing that. A, I don't know if they're doing that, but they're certainly sharing. Yeah, they're definitely sharing. I mean, when it, when it, when things matter to them, like the Stock Act, they'll they'll be an eighty eighty uh, percent support in a uh, non recorded vote to support um, ending provisions of something like the Stock Act, so they can continue to trade on insider information, right? So on, on certain things that matter to these politicians, there's unity. Um, but, but to me, it's just one big show. It, it's uh, Plato's puppet show in the cave, right? And we don't get to see the puppeteers um, putting the shadow puppets on the wall of the cave. We don't get to see that. All we see is the puppets on the on the wall of the cave. And well, so I think to a certain it's a dirty it's a dirty business. And but I think the people- and it doesn't surprise me. But I mean the politics. I, uh, Audrey and I, we've been together for a long time, but we were out for a while, and there was this other lady that I saw a little bit, not much, but uh, she was on the board of, uh, I don't know, one of the places. I don't want one of the one of the, the dog joints uh, or adoption places or whatever. I forget if it was anti cruelty or pause or anything about anti cruelty. The politics on the board of that thing, essentially, all these women who weren't getting paid. There was politics there. You, you 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 could you could cut it with a knife. It just well, I, so, I don't mind politics in organizations that engage in voluntary exchanges with people. What I'm saying, like it, for example, yeah. What, I was, what I'm saying is it, it, that's just that's sort of the way people are. But but yeah. and I think 
I never, I don't know if I ever mentioned this to you before, but I think we almost need a. Uh, but you don't want to do this because you're liable to set everything in, in play. But we almost need a constitutional convention in this country, I believe, because when those guys sat down in whatever the hell it was, 1776, you look at the backgrounds of virtually all these dudes, and there were basically a lot of crooks there. <laughs> I mean, which which is okay, you know, successful crooks because. If, if ever there was a room of people that knew human nature, it was the people in that room. Oh, yeah, they knew G- human good nature. And bad. I agree with that. So yeah. when they put the Constitution together, they did it in such a way where there were so many people from so many areas that if when you lived to 50 to 50 years old, not Ben Franklin, he was older, but some guys were, but uh, when you lived to 50 or 55, and, and it took you, you know, four weeks to get from Carolina to New Hampshire, the chances of you and I from Carolina be able to bribe the guy in New Hampshire are pretty pretty low. And by the yeah. way, if we get by the time we got twenty people on our side, we're probably going to croak anyway. So it, it 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 set things up in such a way where they said, okay, what would what would this senator liable to do just if he was the biggest crook on earth? Well, okay, we're not going to let him do that. So we need this judiciary piece that's a check on him. And then what what is the, what's the president liable to do if he was the king of England, which was, which those guys were were very very uh, cogent with, right, because the guy's right there. Well, he's going to try and do this. We're not going to let him do it. By the way, we're going to make our Congress more powerful than Parliament, and people are going to vote for him, especially the House, because they're going to have most of the power, and they're the people's people, and they're only going to be here, and they can change him every two years. So, I mean, there's nothing is more powerful, really, on earth than the U.S. House of Representatives. I mean, every revenue thing has to come up from there, right? I mean, and there's 435 people back in back in 1776 was a boatload of people. I mean, how you could possibly yeah. try and co-opt all those people in two years, it would be a real job. Well, now all of a sudden... Well, I, th- I, think, I think back then, though, there was an advantage. Today, there's people with cell- smartphones, and there's the um, every man is a journalist idea today with their smartphones and social media. Back then, I, it, it, it may have been more difficult to bribe somebody because it took four days to go from South Carolina to D.C., but there was less of a microscope on people. Well, but there also, so I think, how'd you get the dough to, you were talking about 500 and some people. That's a big, yeah. that's a big. But yeah, the, per, per capita, that's a huge number of representatives. But now in the, mean, the in the meantime now, we have this thing, which was, was a, probably a terrific invention. We have this thing called a corporation. Well, what, what, what do we have with the corporation? Well, first of all, it never dies. It outlasts all these people. The Commonwealth Edison has outlasted every living politician in Illinois for the last, in, in the country for the last 120 years, right? That's a big difference. I mean, the, the Constitution was designed that we're all going to be out of here way before 100 years, or, or maybe the last 10 years we make it to 100, we're not bothering anybody. Uh, so that's a, that's a problem. Plus, they got enough money that the thought, I think, in those days, in these guys' minds, again, I don't want to be like a. Well, it was the Supreme Court judge who knew exactly what was in their mind. I'm not going to say that. But I'm going to say the chances of you and I sitting in that room with the Constitutional Convention even thinking for a second that the guy in uh, that a company in South Carolina could influence the representative election in Maine, uh, if even Maine was one of the original places. I don't know if they were. Uh, they'd, they'd laugh at you. Yet now, how much? what percent of the money in all these big these uh, targeted representative races in an area where there's 50,000 people comes from outside the district. I think that sucks, to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah, so, I do too, yeah. So, I mean, well, go, those are two big... Go back to the politics issue, though, Tom. If people are doing it in... If they're having these uh, 
interactions where they're kind of dealing. If that's all voluntary between consenting adults, I have no problem with it. It's kind of like the pink tax. You know, companies are getting a slam for charging women higher prices for products that are perceived to be the same, but there's no force involved. The companies aren't forcing women to buy the pink shaver. Women are choosing, if there was no difference, then the women could just buy the male razor. And so women, I think, are smart enough to know that there is a difference between a male razor and a, and a, and a, and a, a female razor other than just color. Right. But what happens in D.C. is these deals are done with the force of government behind the behind the, the, the behind a gun. Right. They're done with coercion. We are coerced to take the vaccine. We're coerced oh, yeah. to I, pay I, for, I, buy the vaccine. Right. But by the same token, if, if somehow instead of jail or death. Well, but if somebody if somebody came in from outer space and dropped the two of us that we'll take Webby with into the Oval Office, right? The, I mean, I, you know, being a South Sider, I have a little of this in me. I mean, I've never done anything. But, I mean, I did this when I was on the board of the CBOE. I mean, okay, if there's, I'm one of 18. If I'm going to get anything done, I better have, like, four or five people with me. So at that level, all I did was, was you know, buy a drink or a cup of coffee and say, this is why I believe in this, and this is, you know, this is really the other side of the story. Because I didn't have any money, I mean, that, that type of thing. But but if you and I were in there, and, and, and Maddie, we'd say, we like to get these three or four things done. And, okay, now there's going to be 50 bleeps against us. For whatever reason, oh, yeah. they're against us. So we're going to sit there and say, well, they're going to come to our side for a couple of reasons, and we have to figure out why. Well, fo- some of them, if we had a pack and they're a little shaky in their next election, we'll say, you know, this this thing is really important to us. Why are you so against it? And somebody say, well, against it because maybe this clause. Well, how about if I if I remove the clause and change it because we don't really care about that clause all that much. And by the way, I I'll, I'll see that you get some you know contribution to your campaign. Maybe that's what we need because you and I really think, and Maddie, this is something the company country needs. Some other guys just obstinate. You know what? We're we got this third party. We're choosing right now as to who we're going to run against next time. It was going to be very well funded with our whatever or from the moon party, whatever the hell you want to call it. And guess what? We're going to plop a guy right in your district. He's come right after your ass. Okay, well that's isn't that politics? Yeah, and I I wouldn't hesitate to do that. Would you? Oh, I wouldn't hesitate to do that because I think providing people with choices is really important. And unfortunately, in most states, I think Minnesota's a little different. But I think in most states, there's there's definitely a cartel of political power. If you're a third party candidate, you virtually have no chance. You don't have any friendly media. Uh, Republicans got their friendly media. They got their friendly social media, and the Democrats have theirs. So there's this a lock of control that these two parties have and that's why I think they're really I mean if you listen to Mitch McConnell I mean he seems to support everything that Biden wants to do and you know on on, on many issues there are a few key issues where he's different to make it sound or look or appear that he's different than Biden right and that's why they 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 war in these social ideas but they, there's a lot of agreement on much of what they do in D.C. Well, sure. And so, yeah. So, to me, it's just an act. Well, I mean, and, the, the, the stuff that really makes government move, when I say it really makes government move, it's it's something like, 
the Agriculture Act that they do, what is it? Eddie, we've had somebody on talking about this. Was it is it every five years they do a, a new agriculture? It's, it's not every year at all. But that has to do with all the crop subsidies, all the, the you name it. I mean, all the way down. Oh, yeah, the, the there's I mean, it's, the thing is, support for that stuff. The, the thing is, how many thousand pages long? I mean, if you and I were on that committee, we'd be working for five years on that bill. And then there's there's the, the defense appropriation bill. There's all those kinds of things. They're all they're all. How, I mean, how could you argue on every line? Do we need tanks or yeah. no? You would you would hope they'd agree on something, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, I would say that we've given a bunch of stuff to the Ukraine. I think there'd be unanimous consent that hey, we gave so much stuff away, we better buy some more. I mean, duh. I mean, I would hope they'd agree on something like that. Now, how many? Yeah, but I mean, I think a lot of it is 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 your base expects you to be fighting all the time. But by and large, if you and I were there, hell, we would, we'd be there because we wanted to see some things change. We'd want to see some things change in Medicare. We'd want to see some things change, certainly in drug pricing. I'd say I'd take we on want to see the, things change in terms of war. and well, all these foreign wars, bring our troops yeah, back. Yeah, whatever it is. the business of being the world's police force. But we're the only way you can do that, honestly, is uh, redefining the Fed's goal, role and eliminating income taxes. That's the only way you can do it because that those two things – feed these foreign wars. But if I had a guy who was recalcitrant and he was the vote we needed, I'd say, you see that guy over there? He's producing the show, but he's actually a really intelligent, really smart guy, and boy, listen to him speak. The women love him. I'm talking about Matt Weber. Matty, close your eyes or yours. <laughs> I mean, that guy's running against you. Now, do you really want that, or do I get this vote? I wouldn't I wouldn't hesitate to do that if I wanted it. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that what, is what, politics. I mean, what, is it, what does that make me? Does it make me a South Sider? Does it make me a crook? I don't know. Well, they, they, unfortunately, these politicians, they have, they have uh, the force of government behind them. They have the, the ability to jail people who disagree with them. They have the ability to uh, force you to do something you don't want to do. And that's why I find it uh, reprehensible. Well, I mean, who, now, Maddie's going to trot out, out the beautiful wife, the, the, the loving daughter, and, the, and the, great, the great dog. Who the hell wants to run against him? It's America for God's sake. I mean, what's, what's the guy going to go up against that? But who's going to vote against Jill for God's sake? Well, who's the guy from Illinois that had that really bad looking toupee? Oh, God, have you? <laughs> Trafficking or something like that. Oh, I, God. But, but I mean, you're talking about a third party. Or, uh, or, or uh, the libertarian presidential candidate. Out, uh, out, of, out, of all the, out of all the years <laughs> that you say a third party can't go anywhere. By the way, I, I did this in a snowstorm one Saturday. I tried to figure out. How easy it was to get on ballots in the various states—it's—it's it's impossible. But having is, said all yeah. that, if somebody started early enough, if ever there was a year—I'm not going to say who's going to run here because I have no idea—but who's going to end up running? Let's put it that way. If you were a third-party guy and you couldn't stand between these two guys, Biden and Trump, and stand out like you were—you were Solomon. I don't care who you were. You could be Mickey to mope and sound good compared to those two guys. Well, I, I think what's I think what the Democrats, Republicans do very successfully is they have so divided the country. Yeah, and they've so uh, they've made people so cynical. They've been really good at making people just really cynical, and they've siloed people in their echo chambers. So you're either gonna vote for your guy on your team, the red team, or you're gonna vote for the guy on the blue team, or you're just so cynical that you're not going to vote at all. I'm saying if you and if so, you could somehow get on a debate stage with those two guys, if you couldn't pick up, I'm not saying you're going to win, you're not. If you couldn't pick up 20 or 25% of the people compared to those two guys, something's wrong with you. Yeah, but some some ally of the candidates at the NSA will find an email oh, yeah. that my yeah, buddy something. sent 20 years ago 
um, that made me. I mean, he, I remember Hank doing this in like 2000. Yeah. The email was kind of new. And he shared a picture of these terrorists. And one looked like my doppelganger. The only problem was I'm six foot one, and this guy was like five foot six. And he was from the Middle East, and I'm from, you know, Idaho. And I'm like, dude, don't you know that the FBI is listening? They're reading this email. Come on, man. <laughs> well, I, I know for one thing, Matty, you have to scrub all your spots here. Oh, you got that revolutionary <laughs> snar on? Yeah, I know. We have to scrub you. Well, we definitely have to scrub Carl. Well, who could we leave on? I guess we, Brendan would be okay. Kevin would be okay. We'd have to get rid of Carl. We'd have to get rid of Sal. All, all of our, we, if we had uh, Wayne Manson, we got to get rid of all his spots, right? <laughs> Maybe who would we have left? <laughs> S&P Futures up 10 As if he was up 32 Hey all as usual, good time Matty Glad you solved all the problems, I knew you would Back tomorrow, Stocks and Jacks What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir I don't know either I guess we learned not to do it again Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures Go to PTISecurities.com PTI ProDirect Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract Learn more at PTIProDirect.com Nadex Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets Visit Nadex.com HomeSource Realty Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456 Hamzi Analytics Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. Dax Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.